0: You're listening to The Odyssey Out Loud. I'm Anna Katerina. Episode 5 Telemachus Begins His Journey Telemachus went far away, to the shores of the sea. He washed his hands in the glassy water and he prayed to Athena, Hear me. Oh, you god who came to our house yesterday and urged me to go on a ship on the misty ocean in order to hear about my long-gone father's return. The Achaeans all thwart me, especially the suitors. They're horrible and more manly than is reasonable. That's what he said, praying. And we've reached a point where Agenoras isn't going to cut it any more. We need something more excessive. Hupereno the state of being hyper-masculine, unreasonably manly. The suitors continue to strive for new heights. That was Telemachus' complaint, as he prayed, and Athena came near to him, looking and sounding just like Mentor. Voicing winged words, she addressed him. Telemachus, your father was the kind of man who did what he said, finished what he started. If you've got his will, you won't be bad or stupid. You'll complete this journey, and it won't be in vain. If you're not the product of that man and Penelope, then I don't expect you'll pull off what you're intent on. Few children are like their father. Most are worse. A few are better. But since the skill of Odysseus hasn't entirely deserted you, there's hope you'll pull this off. And after... You won't be bad or stupid. So, for now, don't worry about the plotting and planning of the suitors. They're careless, out of line, and not at all thoughtful. They don't know a thing about the death and end which is near them on the same day they'll all be destroyed. You won't be kept much longer from the journey you want so badly. I'm such a friend of your father, I'll get a fast ship ready for you. And I'll go along with you myself. But you should go home. "'Meet with the suitors, get provisions ready, and store them in containers. "'Wine in two-handled jars, and barley the marrow of men in thick leather. "'I'll go and quickly gather volunteers, companions for you. "'There's plenty of ships in sea-encircled Ithaca, new ones, old ones. "'I'll check them out for you, and find the one that's best. "'Then we'll quickly get everything ready and launch on the wide sea.' "'That's what she said. "'Athena, child of Zeus.' Once Telemachus heard the god's voice, he didn't wait any longer. He made his way to the house, heart-heavy. He found the suitors in the hall. They looked very manly, flaying goats and starting to cook fat hogs in the courtyard. Antinous went straight to Telemachus, laughing. He called his name, took his hand, and spoke. Telemachus, what a loudmouth you are! You've got no restraint! Look, Don't worry yourself any more about bad things. Don't worry about words. Don't worry about actions, but eat and drink with me, like we used to. The Achaeans will make everything happen for you. They'll get you a ship and excellent rowers, so you can quickly go to Holy Pylos in search of news about your illustrious father. Then spirited Telemachus said back to him, there's no way to sit quietly, eat, and enjoy myself with you overbearing people. Isn't it enough that in the past, when I was still a child, you devoured my belongings, many of them and fine ones? Now that I'm big, and learn by listening to the words of others and my heart grows bigger within me, I'll try to send your doom down on you, either by going to Pylos or right here in this country. I'm going. As a passenger, because a ship and rowers aren't available for me, which I'm sure seemed more to your advantage, but the trip I'm announcing won't be fruitless. He spoke, and drew his hand easily away from Antinous. Throughout the house, while the suitors prepared the feast, they mocked and taunted him. And along those lines, one of the young, hyper-masculine young men said, "'Hey!' "'I really think Telemachus plans to murder us. "'He's so intensely determined. "'I bet he'll bring back some help from Sandy Pylos or even from Sparta. "'Or maybe he wants to go to the rich farmland of Ephyrus "'so he can bring back deadly drugs, "'throw them in the punch bowl, and destroy us all.' "'Another of the hyper-masculine young men added, "'Who knows? "'If he takes himself wandering in hollow ships far from his loved ones, "'he might be destroyed just like Odysseus.' If that happened, he'd make so much more work for us, we'd have to divvy up all his possessions and give the house back to his mother and whoever might marry her. That's what they said. And Telemachus went down to the wide, high-ceilinged storeroom of his father, where there was sweet-smelling olive oil, gold and bronze lay in heaps, and there were plenty of chests filled with clothing. In large jars, set in rows and fastened to the wall, old sweet wine was stored an unmixed, divine drink kept for Odysseus, if he should ever come home, despite having suffered a lot of pain. The double-folding doors joined together could be closed tightly, and inside, the housekeeper, Eurycleia, the daughter of Ops Pesanorides, kept watch over everything, night and day, with her wisdom. Telemachus, calling into the room, said, "'Nurse, draw up some wine for me, "'in double-handed jars, "'the best tasting you keep.' with that down-on-his-luck man in mind, hoping that Zeus-born Odysseus might show up from somewhere and escape death and his end. Fill twelve jars and fit lids on every one, pour some barley into well-stitched leather bags. There should be twenty measures of ground barley, and no one can know about this except for you. Put it all together in a pile, and I'll come pick it up in the evening when my mother goes upstairs heading for bed. I'm gonna go to Sparta and Sandy Pylos to get information about my dear father's homecoming. Hopefully, I'll hear something. That's what he said. And his dear nurse, Eurycleia, wailed and spoke winged words to him, weeping. Dear child, what has gotten into your head? Where in the wide world do you, so dearly loved, want to go all alone? Far away from home, Zeus-born Odysseus was destroyed in some unknown place. The minute you're gone, they'll think up some bad things for when you come back so you can be destroyed by cunning. And they can divide all of this amongst themselves. Stay right here with your own belongings. You don't need to wander the barren sea, and you don't need to suffer bad things. Spirited Telemachus said back to her, "'Don't worry, nurse. This wasn't planned without a god's approval.' "'but swear that you won't tell my dear mother about this "'till the eleventh or twelfth day has gone by, "'or she misses me and hears that I've gone. "'That way she won't spoil her beautiful skin with weeping.' "'That's what he said. "'And the old woman swore a great oath to the gods. "'Then, after she'd sworn and completed the oath, "'she immediately drew wine for him in two-handed jars, "'and poured barley into well-stitched leather bags, "'and Telemachus went back into the house "'and hung out with the suitors.' Then the goddess, bright-eyed Athena, had another thought. Looking like Telemachus, she went everywhere through the city, and standing next to each man she spoke a word and ordered them to assemble on a swift ship by evening. Then she asked Noemun, the brilliant son of Phronius, for a swift ship, and he promised it right away. The sun sank, and all the streets went dark. Right then she drew the swift ship down to the sea and put all the gear in it, the kind of things carried by ships with rowing benches. She moored it at the edge of the harbour, and the noble companions crowded around her and the goddess spurred each of them on. And then the goddess, bright-eyed Athena, had another thought. She made her way to the house of godlike Odysseus, and she poured sweet sleep on the suitors as they drank, made their minds wander and cast the cups from their hands. They didn't stay seated long once sleep fell on their eyelids. They got up and went through the city to rest. Then bright-eyed Athena said to Telemachus, calling him out of his well-situated hall, looking and sounding just like Mentor, Telemachus, your well-armed companions are already sitting at the oars, waiting for your start. Let's go and not waste too much time on the way. That's what she said. And Pallas Athena led the way quickly, and he walked in the footprints of the god. Once they'd gone down to the swift ship and the sea and found their long-haired companions on the beach, Telemachus addressed them, and he gave it his all. If you want inelegant specifics, I mean that his sacred strength spoke to them, his hiere Two words, something holy, paired with something physical, animal, because hes isn't just an abstract force, it's muscle and sinew, the strength of a body. Maybe I could say Telemachus is straining for it, but I like the sound of giving it his all. You can picture that. He's putting his whole weight behind it, putting his whole energy, muscle and will. Telemachus is trying very hard as he says to them, "'Come on, friends, let's grab our supplies.' They're already in the hall. Only one person heard my orders. My mother doesn't know anything about it, and neither do the slaves. That's what he said. And he led the way, and they went along with him. Grabbing everything, they placed it on the well-benched ship, just like the dear son of Odysseus commanded. Athena went first and sat down in the ship's stern, then Telemachus boarded and sat down near to her. The sailors unbound the stern cables, then they all embarked and sat on the rowing benches. Bright-eyed Athena sent a favourable wind for them, a strong west wind roaring over the wine-dark sea. Telemachus urged them on, ordering his companions to secure the ship's tackle. They heard his call, and they raised the pine mast and set it up in the gap in the middle of the ship. They tied it down with the four stays, then hoisted the white sail with well-twisted ox ropes. The wind swelled the middle of the sail, and the waves surged up, crashing around the ship's keel as it went and ran on its way through the waves. Once the rigging of the black ship had been tied, they set up bowls full of wine and poured libations to the everlasting, deathless gods, and especially to the bright-eyed daughter of Zeus. And so the ship pierced her way, all night and through the dawn. You've been listening to The Odyssey Out Loud. I'm Anna Katerina. You can learn more and listen to new episodes at theodysseyoutloud.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash odysseyoutloud. Thank you for listening.